Welcome, listeners, to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. I'm your host, Chuck Peters, and I'm so glad to have you listening today because we have a very special guest and some really exciting and compelling content to talk through. My guest today is the one, the only, my friend, my leader, Jana Magruder. <laughs> Hi, Jana. Hey, Chuck. Jana is the director of Lifeway Kids. She is a Baylor graduate. She's sick. Got... <laughs> had to what say What does that, that mean? It, it, it's, it's the Baylor Bears. It's like better than the Gigum thing. Yeah. Oh. Yes. Don't we don't get go us there. Jan is a Texas native. For those of you <laughs> who couldn't tell by that, she is Texan at heart and uh, has a wonderful family. How's the family doing? They're good. They Michael just and the left. kids. Oh, I thought and you your meant the Texas here. family. Well, that too. But <laughs> Texas family just left. Uh, uh, Your mom and dad were in town. family is doing good. <laughs> good. School is almost done as yes, we record this. We are so. surviving mayhem is what I call it. <laughs> so Morgan, Grace, and the boys are finishing up or are yes, they done? They're finishing. Okay. They're like in the done. last week or so. Two weeks, yeah. Okay. So summer is coming. Mm-hmm. We're excited about VBS and all of that. Yes. But um, it is the season. Season of change. For season sure. Season to get some sun. Yes. Let's do it. <laughs> And we are going to be talking today. <laughs> Sorry, I'm choking on my own saliva. Excuse me. We don't get to say saliva much on the podcast. Let's so edit that, about right, that. Trey? <laughs> Let's leave it in, Trey. It's, it's We're real. So we're, we're going to be talking with Jana today. And although she and I talk every day, we don't often talk with all of you listening. And so it's exciting <laughs> that we get to sit down. And we're going to be talking about a new research book uh, that Jana has led our team to create that she has authored called Nothing Less. And it talks really about something that's very important and dear to us, one as leaders of kids, but also as parents and as leaders of parents. Uh, and that is, you know, we all have concern that are, are our kids going to turn out okay? Right. Or how are they going to turn? Because we, most of us, let's be honest as parents, we don't know what we're doing. Yeah, it's true. Right? I told my, my college-age daughters that this yeah. weekend. And, and, you know, I said, guys, listen, you may not realize this. We've never done this before either, and we're making it up as we go along. Right. We're doing our best. But there I'm sure are that things. that felt so comforting. Yes. And they're like, really? Because <laughs> you always think that other people know what they're doing. Right. The truth is very few of us do. Yeah, that's true. And so. Yeah, the heartbeat of this really came. I mean, you probably remember from uh, several of us on the leadership team are in the parenting journey with kids at home, various ages. And really trying to think, what can we do right now while they're still in our care um, that will, for lack of a better term, give us the biggest bang for the buck? Yeah. I mean, what? How are we using our time? What can we do that would, that would, maybe even be a formula or a silver bullet? I mean, wouldn't we love to know what that is? Yeah. Because um, it takes a lot of energy, yes, either to lead kids in ministry or at home. Or at home, nobody has time, right? So we're all trying right. to leverage the little time we have for the right. best return. For the best return, and so what can we do now? Basically, is the question that we set out to find uh, to most impact our children to where, when they are adults, will most effectively impact their spiritual health. Yeah. Are they still going to be walking with the Lord when they're in their 20s, when they're in their 30s, and so forth? And that's really important because we only have those, quote, 18 years plus a little, hopefully not minus. Yes. Um, uh, how can we really steward that time um, 
in the, the best fold. way, yeah. in the wisest way. And there's a lot of speculation about that, right? There are a lot of yes. people who have ideas of, oh, you should do this or you should do that. But there has not been recent research right. to support what those things might be. Correct. And that, that is a, a really neat advantage that we have at LifeWay is that we have access to our own LifeWay research team, which does legit studies, uh, not just go ask a bunch of your friends or a monkey, monkey survey. Uh, they have a scientific... You mean survey monkey? Yeah, what is I it I didn't called? know what a monkey survey so is. I, I, it's like I speak no evil, hear no evil, blah, blah. see no okay. evil. Okay, sorry. No, it's okay. Survey I like monkey. It. I like monkey survey. Monkey surveys are good, too, <laughs> but when you really want to do uh, research that actually statistically matters, and I realize we're talking about spiritual things, and so I want to I give a, a uh, disclaimer that certainly we're not saying that the Holy Spirit can't do anything in His timing That's right. to anyone. So, despite us, right, in, in many cases. In spite of, yes. of all the terrible parenting that we all think we do. Uh, the Holy Spirit works in his own ways in his own timing. Mm. But if we really want to extract what has worked the best for parents through the test of time, um, this is what this survey actually brought back to us. And so uh, we we engaged our friends with LifeWay Research, got in a room with them. You probably remember this. And we just kind of rambled out a bunch of our thoughts of, is it this? Is it this? Should we parent like this? Or make sure that we're doing this. And they took, you know, copious notes. And then they went out and did the real work, which was they interviewed uh, over 2,000 parents who are finished with their in-home parenting journey. So they have the young adults. And so they're empty nesters, basically. That's mm-hmm. who they interviewed. And asked them to look back on their parenting years. And uh, they evaluated each of their adult child's uh, spiritual health, answered questions about each of the child's upbringing. So what did you do? And then that put through the the statistical formula of everything. um, They came up with 15 characteristics that were predictive of spiritual health in adult children. So 15 mm-hmm. childhood indicators that's right. of spiritual maturity in adults. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Yes. We're going to start by talking about some of those indicators that we discovered. Then, listeners, we are going to have another episode, a future episode with Jana, where we will talk about what's not on the list. And that is really almost as fascinating as what is. Yes. So we will get to that. But, but first, so that's all introduction. Yeah, it is. So, but first, it's a big setup. we uh, we like to spend time getting to know people on the mm-hmm. podcast, and so we talk a lot. And our listeners surely know you, but we want to get to know more about you, okay. especially when you were little. This is and a so, pop question. Yeah, this is. <laughs> we've been doing this for a little while now, uh, with talking about learning a little bit about little you. So, <laughs> when you were a little kid, when you were just little, Jana, you have a brother. Yes. And so tell us a little bit about what that relationship with your brother was like when you were little. What kind of sister were you? Did the two of you get along well or did you compete? Okay, so <laughs> we had different phases of our relationship. Um, first of all, we were very close. And so there's just the two of us, very active family, um, having a dad in ministry. Um, we, we did a lot with him. We did a lot with sports and extracurricular. We really were never home. 
uh, that was our 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 childhood because um, we did so much. We did a lot of, at the church as well. Uh, we're very close uh, until he would be the first to tell you, as would my mother. I got into middle school, so I'm <laughs> I'm three grades ahead of him, and uh, we were always best of friends. I enter the middle school years, all of a sudden, kid brother is like, eh, get away from you me. You don't want him hanging around. No, no. And he very much still remembers that, which breaks my heart <laughs> because we're very close now. We travel together. We talk on the phone. We send each other funny things. We go to concerts. We, we have a lot in common. Um, and so it, it makes me sad that we went through through those middle school years and some of high school. We, we finally... You know, got our act together and 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 found our common ground. He ended up going to the same college, and then he moved to the same city that I did, Austin. As soon as he finished, so that's you know that's our story. I, I'm not proud of those middle school years, and now I'm seeing it in my own kids and having to <laughs> repent and and those kinds of things. But it's it's the nature of of the middle school years. So, is there a specific memory you have of what little brother doing something to? bug or irritate you? Was there a thing he did to get you or something you did to get it him? It seemed like we were always fighting over the remote control. Oh, yes. Yes. There were only like right. five channels. Right. <laughs> exactly. And so whether it was after school television specials or he wanted to watch one thing and I wanted to watch another, uh, we were constantly trying. I remember trying to um, sneak up on him when he wasn't looking to grab the remote control or vice versa. He would sneak up on me when I wasn't looking, grab the remote control, and then we'd scramble and holler and that <laughs> kind of thing. But anyway, that's mild. It was really mild. <laughs> well, and I know that you two are very close and have we a great are. relationship, so that's fine. I love him so much. Is he, you think he's his, any chance he's listening to this right now? I can make him. His name's Brandon <laughs> Wilson. Y'all go follow him on all the all the um, you know. And you can ask Brandon socials. all the questions from his right. side of the story. Right. He's we'll very he godly, godly husband <laughs> and father and brother and son. So we're all real proud of him. Well, let's get back to nothing less. Okay. And let's get back to talking about that. Tell me, where, where did we – so the research project, again, with LifeWay Research, partnering with LifeWay Kids under your leadership, how uh, – what are some early indicators in children of things that their parents and adults in their lives did or didn't mm-hmm. that might indicate them coming to spiritual maturity as opposed to the big problem that we hear mm-hmm. is that kids grow up? And what are some of the percentages of how many – based on this research – Leave the church, stay in the church, et cetera. Uh, well, that that research has been around for a while, um, and through several different providers. And whoever you look at, uh, it's anywhere from seventy to eighty plus walk away from the church. Now we know that some of those come back, and uh, and we retain those, but a lot of them walk away during the college years and don't come back. And so that's what we're also hinting at is since we know that research has been out, then what can we do in spite of that, in light of that, I guess I should say. And so uh, I will go ahead and give away (laughs) the surprise ending, which is the number one thing. So we said there are 15 that the research team were able to statistically say were significant enough that made the list. And we'll start with number one. Are you ready, listeners? Okay. (laughs) A little drum roll. The number one thing parents can do right now while children are in your home that will impact their spiritual health as adults is to regularly read the Bible. Imagine. 
Now, do you remember, Chuck, when we first got the results back and we saw that was number one? Mm-hmm. And we looked at each other and like, we we're kind of like, you did know. Did we not already know that? We already knew that, right? Yes. Right? We didn't, we didn't just unleash our research team to do all this work to find out the Sunday school answer. Read the Bible. Read the Bible. But that's really way more significant than that response would indicate, right? Right. And so we, we, we say we were surprised, but then when we really evaluate, and we'll get into this maybe in the next episode, when we really evaluate the time that even Christian parents, including us, yes who wants so badly for our children to have a relationship with Jesus that is growing. They're growing in their faith that will last a lifetime. How are we spending our time? That's what we really have to ask ourselves. Is Are we spending the, the majority, mm-hmm. majority of our discipleship time reading the Bible, or are we trying to chase other things? That's what the book unpacks. But just, just for a placeholder, keep that in the back of your mind. Number one thing we can do is read the Bible, which is, by the way, why we called the book Nothing Less, because it comes from an A.W. Tozier quote that our team just fell in love with. I mean, we had a conference theme. The Edge Conference was called, the theme was Nothing Less. This book was called Nothing Less because this A.W. Tozier quote says, nothing less than a whole Bible makes a whole Christian. Yes. And so knowing that, how can we get our children into the Bible more. It starts from a young age. It takes discipline, uh, but that is what makes the, the the largest impact. And when I say largest impact, the way this study reveals the results is in three categories. The largest impact, and there's only one in that list, yeah. and it's Bible reading. And the reason why that stands in its own category is because it was so off the charts beyond what ev- everything else we can do. And then, so really when we take, when we say we're surprised, but not surprised and all that, when we know that at the end of the day, everything that we do, even as godly parents and as people who love children's ministry, there's nothing that we can do in our own power to transform a child's heart. Only God can transform hearts and he does it through his word. So no wonder it's really relieving yeah. that the Bible is the number one thing we can do because that God's word transforms. And it wasn't even close. No. You know, it's not like the reading the Bible is one of the top no. indicators. It it's, is far it and away. It stands alone in its yes. own category. So that's so that, number one. So maybe let's talk a little bit about what that might look like, mm-hmm. right? Because that's to identify that. And, and I, I want to be careful that the listeners don't just say, oh, okay, knew that. What's next? Right. How, what, so how do, as leaders and as parents, what might we do? You, I think something you said um, a moment ago that stood out to me was, um, we, are we proportionately right. encouraging this along with the other things that we're doing? Because we're all doing a lot of things. We're super we're busy. We're doing a lot of things. And, and Bible reading may be a thing we check off our list with exactly. our kids. So don't miss that. So we, we may, like you said here, okay, Bible reading, we do that. But do you? How often? And is it because... Um, is it, is it just reading a few verses? Is it just doing it once a week? Is it, are you counting churches that? Uh, this is about regularly, don't miss that word, regularly reading their Bible. So what can we do at home? Um, we can uh, start, first of all, from an early age. And I think that comes with choosing 
an age-appropriate Bible for the child that you have in your home. Yes. So we're not going to hand a full-text Bible to a three-year-old. We're going to perhaps find, you know, a a theologically sound storybook Bible that has pictures that we can read to them. And we're going to do that together. Do it together. And Mm -hmm. guess what? I can't tell you how many friends I have who have learned the Bible from reading those early Mm -hmm. storybook Bible stories to their kids. Yes. Uh, the ones done right, uh, I mean, we love our uh, ours that we do at Lifeway, the the big picture interactive storybook Bible um, and growing in God's word and that and that those kinds of resources. Uh, but there are several out there that I would consider great tools for young children. Even toddlers can hold a a board book that's sort of like a a, a Bible storybook. Mm-hmm. and you can read from that and start pointing to pictures and calling it the Bible and helping kids learn what the Bible is, that it's God's word and that everything in it is true. Then you fast forward to early readers. They actually can start reading from a full text Bible and maybe one that's built for them. Don't hand them a leather bound King James and expect that they're going to really want to do that every day. There are age appropriate, even full text Bibles that that could appeal to different kinds of kids. Some are designed for boys, some for girls, exactly. some for younger kids. I have three kids, and they like all th- they they have three different kinds of Bibles. My daughter's really into the journaling mm. and and the coloring kinds of things. There are Bibles for that. And it makes a difference to have a Bible for a kid to have a Bible mm-hmm. that they feel it's, comfortable with right. and that they that they take ownership of. Correct. That fits who they are. Yes. Yes. And there are a lot of choices out there. There's so many choices. And so involve your child in that. The other thing is to just model as parents reading your Bible. I remember you and I uh, interviewed Robbie Gallaty, and he said, you know, we don't even make a big thing about it. We just, my wife and I, every morning are in different spots in the house. We have our favorite places. And when the kids come down, we're already reading our Bibles, and they see that, and we don't make a big deal like, Mommy and Daddy are reading the Bible now. They just get used to seeing that. Yes, and you're modeling that behavior. Correct. Mm -hmm. And I remember my own mom, like, I can still see her with her Bible in her lap, in her favorite chair with her lamp on. Those are are things that that we all know, back to monkey survey. Yes, yes. See as I do or whatever, all that. Monkey see, monkey do. That's right. We, we know that children learn by watching more than they do listening. So you can say, go read your Bible, go read your Bible, go read your Bible. But oh, for sure, watching them watching you read your Bible will speak volumes more than you just telling them to. So modeling is important. And although we, we know there are a lot of great Bible apps on the phone, and a mm-hmm. lot of us tend to go to the Bible on our phone, for, the, for that modeling, mm-hmm. it's, if I'm sitting on the couch and I'm scrolling through my phone, right. my kids don't know if I'm reading my Bible or right. if I'm on Facebook or exactly. Instagram. And so having the physical book, that's something that I have not been good about, but that I, I know is we true. We can get you one around here. To, to have, <laughs> oh, I have, I have one. It's just sometimes we default to it's easy to read off our phone, right. but when we're going to model – it really helps to have a physical Bible and open that. it up. Yes. And and one for ourselves, there's something different about the tactile experience of actually right. being in a book, sure. but also modeling for kids. Even for teachers, we talk about have a Bible in the classroom. Don't just read yeah. scripture from a leader and That's guide. a good segue to what I was going to say next, because I know we have a lot of uh, children's ministry leaders who listen to this. And so we've talked about what can we do at home, and those are certainly pointers that you can give to your parents that you work with. But as for what can you do while those kids are in your 
midst at church at church make sure that your leaders are in the word yes. because there are a lot of times where you know I'll observe churches and the kids aren't in the, their bibles you know they they might be told a story or they might be just doing you know a, a, a large group time that that talks about godly things but kids need to be in their bibles and i think uh sunday school small group all those places are great at helping kids learn biblical literacy because notice what we've said is reading their bible but if kids aren't familiar with how to use their bibles that's the literacy part then they're going to be less likely to read it on their own so no better place than at church to practice those bible skills of knowing the books of the Bible, learning how the divi- the Bible is divided up into the old and the new, and what does that mean, and how does it all point to Jesus? How is it one big story? They need to be hearing that from our teachers at church so that they'll learn to love it even more because they know how to use it and how it goes together. Mm. So there's a message here for both parts, the church and the home. We did a recent episode with Tim Pollard, who leads our Explore the Bible Kids team, and developed that resource uh, under your leadership as well, Bible Skills for Kids. So listeners, if you have not heard that episode, I'd refer you back to the episode on Bible Skills with Tim Pollard. And if you're looking for information on how to lead kids through their developmental uh, ages and stages and what Bible skills they can master at different ages— Go to lifeway.com slash Bible skills for kids, and you will find some free resources online there and some other things that if you want to have posters on your wall or books to distribute, you can find those as well. So that's an important resource. Yes, absolutely. We, we are going to use this whole episode, Jana, just talking about this one thing. Okay. We'll come back. Let's do two more uh, after this. Okay. One with the other indicators. Two and more then one podcasts? With the, two more podcasts. Okay. One with the other indicators. So we'll keep you listeners on hold for that. Okay. And then one with the things that didn't make the list. I think that'll be good. Ooh, that so, That's really interesting. Let's not pressure ourselves to get there today because I think this is so rich and so important. So, okay, so you said Bible skills. Mm -hmm. Make sure your leaders are in the Word. What other tips for us as we serve in the church about how to elevate the Word? So we talked about the notion of uh, leaders being in the Word, that we need to encourage them to be reading. Uh, Maybe we need to do that together with our leaders. Yes, I, I think that as ministry leaders, that's one thing. As you're coaching your volunteers and your leadership team that you really pour into, keep them in the Word. Encourage them in the Word. We want uh, uh, people who work with children to be so in love with Scripture that it just comes out naturally. And uh, and, and kids will catch on to that uh, the more that you do that naturally um, as you're teaching from the Bible. Uh, We want that. We know that, you know, sadly, I'm kind of flipping through the book as we're talking. We know sadly that in adults in general, biblical literacy is on a decline. Mm, It's anemic at best. And so the urgency here that I would love our listeners to take away, maybe we can close with this. The urgency is that if, if our adults are biblically illiterate, then what does that mean for the next generation? Mm-hmm. And so church leaders, we have a role to kind of sound the alarm there. First of all, do the best we can in the one to three hours that we may have a month with our kids, but also to sound the alarm to your parents and help equip them however you can, whether it's Bible reading plans, whether it's um, providing Bibles, uh, uh, giving emails that 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 help parents walk through a text 
anything that you can do to help at home. Um, our adults, a lot of times, feel feel ill-equipped. Mm. Um, you know, research also tells us that if adults want to grow, and this is the encouraging part, but shouldn't be surprised, if we as adults, if you're ever feeling like you've hit a dry spell, the number one thing that you can do is read the Bible. Mm. It affects all the other spiritual disciplines in your life if you prioritize and put that first. It's not, it's not church going. It's not uh, fasting. It's not even prayer. First and foremost to for spiritual growth is Bible reading. So it should be no surprise that 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 in childhood it's the same thing. Yes. Childhood, adulthood. You want to grow. God's word is the only thing that transforms. Amen. Thank you, Jana, for your time. What a great discussion, great insight. And listeners, the book, again, is called Nothing Less. Look for that uh, where you buy books, but we'll direct you to LifeWay.com and to your local LifeWay Christian retail store, where you can find this and other great resources from the LifeWay Kids team to help you as you lead kids and leaders and parents, because we know that you have a lot of people that you influence. So look for the book. And da, 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 <laughs> coming out this August... We're going to have a conference kit mm. where you yourself, leader, can actually unveil this research to your parents and do kind of a parenting conference. Yeah. Where we'll, we'll provide slides, we'll provide the book, and then a conference plan for how you can actually steward this content and, and help get the message out to parents. Like I said with urgency in mind and um, and give them some tools as well. So that'll be out this August. Look for that soon. That's really cool. So yeah. Jana has not only written the book, but she leads conferences on this topic at children's ministry events like the Etch Family Ministry Conference. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be unpacking this at Etch this October. Sure. So come, guys, come to Etch in Nashville and get face-to-face with Jan and interact around this data. It would be really great. But go look for the book. Get a copy for each person on your team. Read it together. Look for the conference plan so that mm-hmm. you can present this information. And definitely come back for the next couple episodes with Jana as we unpack more of the research-based indicators uh, of childhood practices that lead to spiritual maturity in adults. And then some of the things that we found that are not mm-hmm. uh, a factor that you might be thinking right now are. Yep. Well, we need to keep in the word, guys. We need to be there ourselves. We need to point our kids to be there. And so let's leave by encouraging you. Spend time in your Bible this week. Oh, spend time there today. Open it up. Set aside time. Make that important and, uh, and encourage your kids to do the same. Thank you for listening to this episode. We look forward to having you back for the next exciting episode of the Lifeway Kids Kids Ministry 101 podcast.